You're listening to episode 26 of the Becoming Aligned podcast. Welcome to Becoming Aligned, where we'll step away from the busyness of our days to explore what it looks and feels like to create meaningful lives that align with our personal values. My guests have found their own unique way to navigate through the distractions, the pressures, and the expectations of everyday life. And in the process, they have discovered the freedom to be truly themselves, to tune into their own heart, and to honor their own unique voice. I'll explore what motivates them, what challenges them, and what strategies help them work towards their goal in a way that nourishes their mind and body. I believe everyone has a story to share, and that we become a stronger community when we're able to listen and learn from those around us. I'm your host, Maureen Ryan, the founder of Ryan Wellness, I'm a Chicago-based self-discovery mentor and Pilates instructor. I hope these conversations will serve as inspiration and as a reminder that it's not about perfection, but the process of becoming aligned. Hi, everyone. Just a little heads up. I'm planning to take a short summer break from the podcast in July, but I'm looking forward to sharing some more wonderful conversations with you starting back in August. So this will be the last episode for a few weeks, but I hope it gives you some time to catch up on some episodes that you might have missed. In this episode, I talked to Sue DeSanto. She's a therapist and a relationship coach based in Chicago, at least for a few more weeks. She's preparing for a big move and a big change in her life. We get to talk to her about what that looks like for her and how she's taking care of herself in the process. I know change is something that we can all relate to, so it's fun to dive into this with her and learn more about what she's discovering through this process. Something else we can all relate to is relationships. I talked to Sue about what drew her to start relationship coaching for singles. While she works with couples in her private therapy practice, she focuses on working with singles in the coaching aspect of her business. She shares what she sees people struggling with and provides some insight that I think we can all benefit from. We talk about a whole lot more, but without further ado, let me introduce you to Sue DeSanto. Hi, Sue. Thank you so much for being on the Becoming Aligned podcast. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Oh, thank you, Maureen. It's so nice to be here. Yay. Well, I wanted to have you on for a few reasons. You're someone who seems so grounded and connected to who you are as a person, and I'd love to dive into that and how you've created that space for yourself, and that you're also a therapist, but you're, you're a relationship coach as well, and I would love to learn more about that part of your journey and how you help people. Um, as we talk a little bit today. So hopefully you're game for that. Absolutely. Yay. Absolutely. I'd love to share my journey with you and, and everyone that's listening. So, okay. Wonderful. Great. Thank you. Um, well, before we dive into those topics, can you just start us off by telling everyone a little bit about yourself? Sure. So uh, I've been a therapist. I was uh, counting the uh, years as I'm uh, closing my practices. Yeah. I have been in private practice um, at on my own for about 12 years. Wow. No, 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 about 15 years. Wow. But I've been a therapist um, out of graduate school um, since 91, so okay. about 28 years. Wow. And yeah, that's what I said. Wow, I'm 12, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and have you always been working in in the Chicago area? Yep. 
Yes. Um, I have been here for about 31 years. Okay. Went to graduate. I came to Chicago um, to go to graduate school. I had recently gotten married. And um, I said, oh, if we get married, I, you know, I want to go to graduate school. And that's one of the stipulations. So ah. we got married. Yep. We got married. And about eight months after that, we moved to Chicago so I could go to graduate school at Loyola. Okay. You went to Loyola. Ah, yep. okay, wonderful. And then, so was your graduate uh, program, was that the social work program or what was your graduate? Yep. Okay. Ah. Social work, master's in social work. Master's in yep. social work. Where'd you get your undergrad at? Um, Bowling Green State University ah, in yeah. Bowling Green, Ohio. Okay. Yes, in Ohio, in uh, social work. In also. social work as well. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm so interested. Like, when did you become interested in doing social work? Was that something that, from a very young age, you felt drawn to, or did that come with age? No, I didn't even know it existed, to okay. be honest with you. Um, I went into college uh, in accounting. I can laugh about it now. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea. Business, because all my friends were going into business. Okay. And uh, so I was like, sure, business? <laughs> And then um, through my journey of like, oh my gosh, that was not a match. It was yeah. A struggle. And then I was in uh, switch to criminal justice, and that was a little closer. But ah. my 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 dad um, was a policeman, so okay. it, it was familiar. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I just that that just didn't match. And then I don't know, you know, how things just pop up in people's lives. I. I just saw social work and I started taking some, I remember to interpersonal development class and it like changed my life. Oh, was that, was that like like, in college then you were taking interpersonal development classes? Well, yeah. Yep. In college. And, uh, I was like, this is, this is it. Uh, right. What was it about it? What was it that made it it for you? Um, helping people yeah understanding people what drives people and helping them oh I like that Mm. Mm. so did it feel like did it feel like suddenly just things clicked and made sense because accounting like seems so kind of opposite I mean I'm sure people have you know complementary skills in their life but it just seems like a (laughs) seems like a different kind of you know approach or uh, path to be taking did it feel like suddenly things clicked into place for you well, yeah, you know, it's it's funny because I really did struggle in um, high school. Okay. I was I was the social kid. I was not the academic. Okay. And so I just thought, you know, this is my path. Everything's going to be difficult. Ah, <laughs> yeah. And then I found social work in those classes, and I'm like, oh, I get it, and I actually do well in it. Ooh. Right. And yeah. like, oh, okay, this works. I like this. <laughs> I don't have to work so hard. Yeah. I, I want to do this. So, yeah, it was really, um, it was really instrumental, actually. It really was. That's so wonderful that how, and I mean, you said it like things just kind of started popping into place, like in terms of you saw things about social work and you started taking those classes and I don't know. Sometimes I feel like there's these little signs or these little guiding posts or something along the way that, if we were noticing yeah. them, can bring us to what we're meant to be doing. So that's what it sounds like when, yeah. I, when I hear you talk about it. That's what I think about. So that's very cool. Ah, yeah. 
And it's even when you don't, like, I'm on a spiritual path now, now but mm. I wasn't back then. Okay, yeah. I wasn't at all. And just sort of, you know, following whatever, you know, sort of was put in my path. It was, yeah, it's pretty neat to look back now and say, wow, because then I was like, oh, yeah, now I have to go to graduate school. Okay, because that's what I want to do. I knew in college. I want to have a private practice. Ah. I didn't even know what that meant, really. But <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, I want to do that. And so I have to go to graduate school to do that. Yeah. It's so funny what we don't know back in our college years, too. Like, you know, we do, you right. know, and then you just start getting in the field and you start figuring it out. But yeah. Oh, I love hearing about oh. that. Um, yeah. I, I love to take you back to even when you were younger. Um, what were yeah. the things that you would enjoy doing or that you could like get lost in things that you might do for play you mentioned you're a really social kid maybe not academic but what were some of the things that you would just get lost and absorbed in so um I loved bike riding Mm. that sort of was one of my escapes when um you know things were difficult um in my family or at school I would take off on my bike and Mm. we had a forest preserve near our house and uh, I would take off and just ride in the forest preserve, mm. and it was great. It was really helpful. And I also loved dancing. Ah. Um, so um, that was really fun, too. It was just, you know, free dancing with my friends. But um, I felt really good um, in my body, you know. Yeah. That was one of the other things. You know, I just felt really comfortable. Mm. Um, so... Oh, I it was, love it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So those were things that sort of helped me feel good about myself um, because it wasn't academic for me. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. Oh, I, I could feel grounded and oh, okay. I have a place. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm always curious of how how we, we might play when we we're younger. The things that we might kind of be drawn to, how that might affect our experiences or our, our personal journeys. And do you, do you think that those interests or those activities have either stayed with you um, or have maybe yep. helped you along your journeys, that you, your personal journey that you've taken? Yes. Okay. Yes. You know, it's interesting because um, academic, academia was really focused on in my family and my brother was two years older um i'm the youngest of six. Oh wow and my brother yeah <laughs> and italian okay like italian family <laughs> and uh my brother was two years older than me and he was really smart academically mm. he was and athletically actually he had he seemed to have it all i thought yeah. and um and so uh I was like, yeah, I can do these physical things, but they weren't really, um, you know, not that they weren't encouraged, but it wasn't like anything, you know, it was Mm -hmm. like, oh, you need to be smart and you're not smart. Mm. So I didn't really, um, that wasn't really encouraged. Um, All the things I, you know, could do with my hands. I was very, now that I look back, I was pretty creative, Mm. you know, sand castles and you know, just creative things more than academia, but it wasn't, I didn't think it was anything. Yeah. Um, right. How we just focus on one aspect. Yep. Totally. Money. Yeah. Money. And, right. What okay, can I earn a living you? from? Yeah. Yeah. 
And I know, I, I so, know, just because I know you, that dancing is still a part of your life, I believe. Yeah, I loved. So that was after my divorce. Uh, I found swing dancing. Ah. Of, yeah. Yep. That's one of the ways I connected and created a new community was um, actually had um, dated someone very briefly and he was a dancer and he, yeah. And he taught me some dance moves. And again, I was like, Oh yes, this is, this Uh, is it. Yeah. Love this. And, uh, that was my in for building a um, singles community because mm-hmm. I was recently divorced. And so something I could do um, on my own. Yeah. 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 Great. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to take us back again. Cause you were talking about, so you, you started off, um, you went to grad school and mm-hmm. you, you got your degree and then you went into practice, I guess. And, do you can't you can't go into private practice right away? Is that true, or am I wrong about that? Nope, you're right. Okay, you're right. I um I worked at um let's see uh, group practice, and then I went. Uh, no, no, no. I I did um, juvenile protective association okay. for one year. It was working with abuse and neglect. Okay. Right out of graduate school, and literally, I cried the whole year. <sighs> it was the hardest job mm. I've ever done, and probably the most impactful. Mm. Yeah. And um, can you tell me uh, about that? Why was it the most impactful? It was working with um, kids that were. We had to go into families, and uh, that's the time that Cabrini Green was there, and I had a lot of families in Cabrini Green mm. that I had to go in and evaluate if the children could stay in their families or had to be removed. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds tough. So you went went into Caprini Green and, you know, the families actually took care of you in some ways. They'd be like, you have to come before 10 Mm o'clock because after 12, it's dangerous. Um, And it was a really fascinating in some ways, job, right? Mm-hmm. Was, I didn't really, well, I didn't really, you know, I was in my late 20s. I didn't really feel um, that I was in that much danger because they mm-hmm. were sort of looking out for you. And yeah. that's, you know, the gang members aren't really after me, right? Right, right, right. So, but you had to be thoughtful mm-hmm. about it. So I, I worked with families of DCFS for a year and then I got out and uh, did Employees Assistance Program at Ingalls Memorial Hospital in Harvey, Illinois. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yep. Ah. Yeah. It's like the starting out process um, and just going to these, you know, that's always, that's always wondering for you is like, um, how did you find your area specialty? Was that something that you knew right away after school? Because I know you do a lot with um, relationship coaching. And what are some other areas of specialty that you have within your practice? Well, um, I started out with, um, so abuse and neglect, trauma. Okay. okay. And then, yeah. And then Ingalls Memorial Hospital was really focused on um, alcohol and addiction. Okay. Alcohol and substance abuse. 
addiction, we worked with many companies sort of evaluating and um, people who were tested positive for alcohol or drugs and really worked with them um, to help them either get them into a treatment center or do evaluations on their, mm. if they were abuser and, or um, dependent on alcohol or drugs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, those, it was really, those seem like mm-hmm. challenging situations to be in. How did you, how did you take care of yourself in those situations? And, and I don't mean like physically, but just like emotionally, I guess. I feel, I, I feel like those could be challenging um, environments to be in possibly. Yeah. So that's sort of, you know, I don't know if we want to go back, but yeah, what I've noticed is, um, you know, I wanted to social work because I wanted to help people. Mm-hmm. I sort of um, got into abuse and neglect and then alcohol and drugs. And again, it wasn't really conscious. It was a, a path that just sort of led. But now looking back, I really know that um, I think we go into social work um, believing that we want to help people, mm. but it's really about trying to figure out what the heck happened in my own childhood. Mm. Yeah, interesting. And really trying, right? Really trying to help ourselves understand what happened because mm. I came from um, a difficult childhood, and mm-hmm. I think that was my path. Now I'm more conscious of it, but I wasn't then. So it was just like, oh, oh, yeah, okay, I guess this is what I'm going to work with. Oh, yeah. this is interesting. Yeah. Huh. So, like, when you were going through these different, um, working these different areas, like, would that kind of just help you, not that you see yourself and what other people were going through, but, like, you, would it allow you to kind of help, you're helping them work through it, but you're also kind of working through it on your own? Is that what would be happening? Yeah, and I was in therapy, mm-hmm. thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, that's smart um, yeah. for anyone thinking about going into social work. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I realized um, without going into it that my my mother was an alcoholic and she had oh. died when I was 13. Okay. And so going through that, working with the people with the alcohol and drugs, mm. yes, I realized, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized I couldn't, you know, I couldn't help my mother. Yeah. Darn it. I was going to help people. Mm. Maybe I can help others. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, uh, but it was really unconscious until, you know, through therapy, sort of understand our patterns mm-hmm. and understand, of course, that was, that was the path I would take, of course. Right. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting because there's like this kind of level of almost being unaware of, yeah, what we're being drawn to or where we're helping or where we're being of service maybe or what we're doing. And then like with some reflection or with some guidance, you can start to piece those things together. That's that's when I listen to you. That's kind of almost how I understand it. It's, yeah, yeah. so totally. interesting. It's, it's so, yeah, we think we're making conscious choices. Mm-hmm. But there's another driver. Mm. There's another driver, and that's what I sort of help people understand. And it's okay, right? It's um, there's nothing um, bad about it. It's just our journey of um, 
oh, we can understand. Of course, as a 13-year-old, I, when my mother died, and um, I couldn't help her. Mm-hmm. And I, what, is, what do 13-year-olds want to do? They want to help. Yeah. You know, and so it was a path that I couldn't do then, but, oh, I can do it now. It's sort of, and then helping ourselves understand that drive. Mm-hmm. So as you're starting to figure that out for yourself and seeing like kind of starting to understand like that almost unconscious choices that you're making, does that, does that shift like where you, where you place your energy um, and in your therapy practice at all? Does that kind of start to um, change how you show up or were there other things that kind of helped you shift directions and what you started to focus your energy on? Yeah, you know, I think I cried, you know, JPA, the reason I cried for a year is because somehow I thought it was, I was, if they didn't get better, it Mm. was my fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right? And over time, you realize it has nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. You are just a vehicle, one vehicle, and it's really the other person's choice, but that, oof. It takes years, but yeah. I didn't understand it then, and I didn't probably a little bit when I was working for the EAP, um, a little bit more distant. That's where therapy helps. Yeah, um, if you're in a helping profile, really get clear about your own, my own issues. Mm-hmm. Take care of those outside of you're helping other people because that can get blurry. Yeah. I remember when I was going through my counseling program, that was one of the things they just kept saying over and over again. You know, if you're working with people, you should be getting your own therapy as well because you got to be taking care of yourself in order to help others take care of themselves, you know? So yeah, it's, I think it's a good reminder for people to hear when they're, when they're uh, working with other people like that. So yeah. So I went to graduate school. I was married um, just a couple years, and then um, I worked for about eight years. I think that's about it. And then um, decided I was um, debating on whether to have kids or not. And then I hit thirty. Mm-hmm. It was like the hormones <laughs> shifted, and I was like, "Oh, baby, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a real thing." I think I swear because I was hesitant I was you know really debating and then I don't know something kicked in about 30 and I was like oh yeah (laughs) it's time (laughs) and then uh made a conscious decision and it happened pretty quickly at 31 yeah um pretty quickly I got pregnant with my son and uh had him and then said oh I don't want a lot of kids but I don't want an only child either so then three years later, I had my daughter. Ah, Yeah. And then um, I married my high school, no, no, my college sweetheart. Okay. Yep. And um, you don't talk about, well, I didn't, mm. anything really substantial except, wow, there was chemistry. Mm. And we got along well, and so we decided to get married. Um, didn't talk about raising kids or anything. We were really, we were good. We had fun traveling together and sort of partying together. Yeah. But 
beyond that, when the kids came, we did not mm. um, connect. And, and then start, I started changing, you know, through social work school, through therapy, through, um, you know, really growing. Yeah. That it, it was not a good match. We were not supportive for each other. Yeah. We tore each other down. And so 13 years later, um, my daughter was young, one. Mm-hmm. Okay. My son was four, four um, decided to get a divorce. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm just thinking about your um, the aspect of your business right now that focuses on relationship coaching and how much of that would be based on what you learned through your own personal experience and um, going through your divorce. Um, yeah, would, yep, you be, a, would you be able to explain that connection? Yeah. Yep, it was totally connected. See, it's always, <laughs> right. I, I laugh, it's always about you. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yep, or it's not, right? Right, right. It's not, it's about the other person. So, yep, it was um, what my experience was realizing going through divorce and being out in the dating world again and thinking, Oh, I really liked being married, mm-hmm. but I, I it was not a good match. So how do you determine a good match? So I went on my other journey of, I went through uh, relationship coaching training. Um, I had a coach and I was like, you learn like what do you need, what do you want, what are your mm. values. It was really like, why don't people teach this? Mm-hmm. Um, and really was so excited about. Okay, I have a roadmap for this dating thing that I haven't done since I never did really. I dated in college, if you can consider that dating. Yeah. But, right. <laughs> not dating. <laughs> right. Um. So I was new to dating, and it really helped me navigate uh, the ins and outs of relationships and what I wanted, and and so it was really exciting. And but it took me eight years then to decide to tra- to train to to really open my practice for coaching. After oh, that, yeah, very yeah. different coach, different than therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how would you describe the differences? Well, therapy sort of, um, so I built up my practice. Um, so I, you know, I had Ingalls and I did a group practice. Then I had a small little practice in Evanston oh. and worked at another agency and then decided, oh, I'll, I'll try it on my own. Yeah. So 12 years, yeah, 12 years ago, I opened that and then. Um, liked it, but I was like, oh, okay, let me try this coaching thing. But see, you know, you sort of put your shingle up in therapy and people come to you. Yeah. Because cause they know of therapy. Mm-hmm. People don't know about coaching. Yeah. Especially relationship coaching. So you have to go find them. Ah. Yes. So I had to, I went through business coaching training. Um, I did a lot to understand um, how to build a coaching business, which is different. Yeah. I so, that's so interesting because it's so funny. I hear relationship coaching and I think, 
so many people would be drawn to that, but that's that's not what you experienced. It was like you had to kind of find them because they're not necessarily yes. Googling relationship coach when they're going through their relationship challenges um, and struggling with things. They're not necessarily putting that like in their search engine. <laughs> um, but you, so no, you had to put and, yourself in the environments where they are. Is that what you would do or? Yeah. And you know, the other piece was actually, I was attracting a lot of um, relationship issues in my therapy practice, mm, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't have, a, you know, like this formula to help them navigate it. And that's not really how, so coaching is more coach-led. Mm-hmm. Meaning you have a, I had a 12-week program, I had a booklet, I had exercises to help them focus on what it is they want as a single and what it is that they want as um, a partner and what they want in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You don't do that in therapy. You don't lead yeah. a lot like that. So it's more... Um, Patient focused in therapy, it's more coaching focused, um, you know, mm-hmm. in coaching. Yeah. 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 You're not necessarily doing the guiding. I mean, you're guiding, but you're, it's a different level. It's not like, um, yep. you're not giving a booklet and you're not giving activities to do and things like that. And, uh, yeah. And you're ther- in therapy. Yep. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So it's, um, But, you know, it actually did help me put more exercises into therapy if someone was being led that way. Yeah. And more more of those things. But but it is different. It is different. And um, and both are really fun for me. Oh, that's so cool. Now, so how did you go to the, like, how did you go to them in a sense for the relationship coaching? I'm just curious how you made that happen for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. so I met someone, uh, like at a SBAC. I decided to go to what is it? Um, yeah, it's a business meeting, um, and someone told me, "Oh, you should go to a networking business." So I did, and it didn't. It was men and women, and it was good, but it wasn't quite. Didn't feel quite comfortable. And then a woman I met there told me about women networking meeting, like that. Executive, it's called Epling, Executive huh. Professional Networking. Okay. And I went to another, there's another one, but Epling really resonated with me. And I went, there was a group of women, all professional, and uh, we would just share what we did. Mm. And it, it was fabulous. Everyone had their own, like there was one relationship coach, one attorney in uh, the group. Yeah, okay. So you got to share and you networked and you build friends and community. And really, that's how I um, found my, ah, my people. Oh that's, a, oh, that's very cool. I've heard of a, I can't think of the name of it, but I have a friend who is a part of another group similar to that. And yeah, they don't have, it's not like you have more than one person in the group. Like if I'm understanding it correctly, like there wouldn't be two physical therapists, for example, necessarily in a group. You'd have like maybe one of different different industries so that you can help exactly. them be exposed to different people and you can share it with your friends. Oh, that's great. Oh, interesting. Yep. Yeah. It's, I think it's fabulous 
for building community. Um, there's another one, Women Belong, too. Okay. Um, and, and um, oh, there was another one. I was, I can't. Yeah, I was involved in, oh, DPWN, too. It was Dynamic Professional Women's networking and that was really good too so how cool that was where I found my clients because um I really think it's it's our connection mm. with other people that really um is a, a guarantee in actually ah. because they know you yeah and it's a personal referral and um yep that's oh. how I built my practice so that's that's really interesting um so with as a relationship coach, like, so how do you, what do you find the main things that you focus on with people in like in relationship coach? I'm sure people are coming in with a variety of things, but like, what are the main challenges you see people struggling with? So, um, yeah, so it's singles relationship coaching. So it's not, um, I oh, do yeah. couples in my therapy, Yeah. So, but it is coaching for singles. So a lot of people get confused Got about it. that. It is helping singles work through their blocks, right? Mm -hmm. What is keeping them from finding their relationship? And basically building their own foundation of themselves, of being a happy signal. And it's mm -hmm. the biggest thing is, is we're our biggest obstacle, mm -hmm. really, right? Yeah. Um, we're not smart enough, pretty enough, um, hmm. or there's no one out there good enough. Uh, yeah. No good men available anymore. Um, yeah, and what I've found probably, because generations are shifting now, hmm. that women are going, are, are creating their careers first. That mm -hmm. is their main priority. Their education, their professional. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of them told me I thought it would just happen like mm -hmm. it did for my parents. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> right? And I totally. didn't put a lot of energy into looking or because, you know, if it didn't happen, I just kept going. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. I mean, I can relate right. to that in my, especially my younger years. It's like you're mission-oriented on the things that you wanted to accomplish. And not even, yeah. I wasn't even thinking about the dating world. It's like, oh, and I'm ready right? for that. Like, hopefully that'll all come together. But yeah, no, that's so interesting. So you're finding a lot yeah. of women in that situation. Like, is that, would you say the majority of the people that you, that you run across nowadays? Yeah, a lot. A lot. A lot. And then they hit, they hit 39, 40, because okay. most of the people I work with now are like 39, 40 and over. Okay. Because they're like, oh, no. <sighs> now I want a partner. Now I want kids. Oh, uh, yeah. And what do I do? I don't Like online dating, you know, I can't meet them out there in the world. Um, and uh, online dating people really struggle with, hopefully it's getting easier, but people really struggle with online dating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. No, so really just getting out there and, um, 
find, you know, meeting people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, because they have their little groups of, they work really hard and then they have their group of girlfriends. Yeah. They hang out together. Mm-hmm. Or they're married friends. So they're not right. hanging with a lot of single men. Mm-hmm. And they're not necessarily like meeting new people. I'm thinking about most a lot of my outings. They're like with friend groups, yes. you know. Even even yes. if I'm with someone right now, you know, it's like we're st- still going out and seeing very similar groups of people. And it's always just nice to meet new people, just just because it's nice to kind of get acquainted with other people. But it's not like it's a regular. Yeah, we all get into our little pockets. So is that part of what you're encouraging people to do, as part of the coaching? Is to you're are you guiding them to that like kind of exploring and stepping out of their comfort zone in that way. Yeah. Mm. And I just, I say to them, even if you don't do anything else, it's sort of like our, 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 um, our presence in the world. Look up, huh. make eye contact with people. Yeah. Be, be a little friendly. You know, that thing about the grocery store. Yes. Yeah. You can meet people in the grocery store. I said, <laughs> I know a couple of people who, I'm not kidding you, met two people in my women's group, met their partners now. They were, one was a plumber and one was something for their condo. Oh, no, hey. But, um, yeah, contractors. Yeah. Yes. Two people. Wow. Electrician, that's right, electrician and a plumber. Wow. It's so funny. Yes. So you can meet them anywhere. Um, I also like um, meetup.com because mm. you can figure out what you like. I have a, a client who um, very, very shy. Yeah. And he started going to a meetup for his age, and um, it's just he loves it. He just he found his community. Ah. Uh. Yeah, so and I found a lot of single people. Well, yeah. that's the thing, just making new friends. Because as we get older, it becomes just harder. Often, you know, even studies like say it becomes harder to make friends in your in your age group as we as we age. So, um, yeah, just that's just even have a friend group or meet new people in general. Oh, I I, I love yeah. it. Like my heart just warms up listening to you because I can just feel. Um, I don't know. I feel like this has to be just bring you joy. <laughs> it's bringing me joy just thinking of someone who's kind of helping right? someone like be able to connect with other people in, in ways that that they're maybe even if whether or not they end up dating someone, just putting themselves out there and having like um, some, a support system nearby as you're kind of testing the waters. And that just has to give them extra like just extra courage and if things don't work out the way they want to one week or whatever the case may be, someone to kind of talk to about it. I think that has to be a source of comfort for them in those, in those situations, or I imagine it to be. Yeah. Thanks, Maureen. Yeah, I think it is. And it is, you know, as I talk about it, it it does warm my heart. It does. It's like, you know, because people, we put such limitations on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I, I tell them, you know, we don't make huge changes because you know people are like oh I just wish I could have a, a miracle or a big change it's like well some people get that but most of us don't mm-hmm. most of us make our changes one little step yeah. at a time mm-hmm. that that step that's right in front of us mm-hmm. oh and that's what he did I just he's just a um 
wonderful person and he was so isolated mm. and he just like he was just willing to take the fir- the next step yeah yeah and he did it and he kept going back and he kept going back and now he helped set up the meetup and you know and yeah it's just he was he's just a beautiful example of like what what we can actually do right and like you got to start with where you're at yeah yeah and it's so easy to we you know want like this big you know ending or something kind of major to happen but um i was actually just talking to an artist my last interview and he was just talking about how art is actually what people don't talk about is how it can be like boring. It can be tedious because there's all these little steps that we don't necessarily see along the way. We get to see the big outcome, the big, you know, finished product. Um, But there's a lot of little things that go into making that finished product that we don't get to see. So in some ways it reminds me of that, just taking that next step and making the, you know, next step in the journey um, along. Yep. Towards your towards your destination, but it's just it's all moving in the right direction. So, oh yeah, oh that's very cool. Yeah, yeah, it's really it's really cool. Now, yep. you, now you shared that you're 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 going to be shifting here, and that well, you mentioned you're on a spiritual journey right now. I think believe I heard you say that earlier, and then you also mentioned you're closing your practice. Is that all yeah. tied in together? And can you tell me a little bit about what's going on right now for you, and in terms of closing your practice? I imagine that's yeah. probably exciting and sad at the same time. So I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, it's um, it's really exciting and really scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, those little steps, um, <laughs> right, the journey. And I've um, been in my, my current practice for 12 years and love, love it. Mm-hmm. And, um, but several years ago, my husband and I, talked about um, moving to California I had done have done a lot of work coaching work with people in California so over the last Hmm. six years seven years I've been out there a lot Hmm. and um, really really liked it really liked it and we started playing with the idea of eventually after um kids went to college that we would move and you know that's that was an idea and it just kept coming coming closer and my daughter um got into the university of santa cruz she's just finishing her last her first year and we were like oh well okay my son graduated from arizona last year he's in arizona and we thought, okay, we looked at each other a couple of years ago and we're like, all right, she's in. <laughs> that's, that's our cue. That's our sign. <laughs> <laughs> she's in California. And we're like, oh, shit. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> and uh, we've been making steps towards it. And, uh, yeah, I am closing my practice at the end of July. Okay. July. And we'll be moving out to San Diego in August. Oh, wow. Yeah. To be determined exactly what I will be doing, taking a couple months off. We're going to travel, uh, well, drive cross-country and, and uh, 
do some hiking, <sighs> the three of us, uh, to San Diego. And, uh, and then I'm going to take two months off and then see what I want to do, actually. Have some unknown time. Yeah. Um, I will do, be doing some phone sessions, but what is going to unfold for me there, I am not sure. I'm walking into the unknown, actually. Yeah. Ooh, I love how you just kind of put that out there. Um, Like, and you're open to that experience because I think there's, we all, a lot of us grasp onto certainty and we want to kind of have everything laid out step by step. And so it's kind of, it's very refreshing, I think, to just hear you say you're stepping into the unknown. And is that part of that spiritual journey that you, you referred to for yourself? Yeah, you know, how I see it is, I think, well, how can I explain this? I feel like I was led into social work. Mm-hmm. I didn't really pick it consciously. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a journey of uh, self-discovery. And again, I really loved it, mm-hmm. like it, but that this is a new, so I understand my journey, understand my story. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of doing a conscious shift of, okay, what's next? Mm, that makes sense. Totally. Does it? Because yeah. um, it's sort of like I want to consciously now make a decision about um, something similar, something different. I don't know. Like, I talk about a buffet with my clients mm. um, in da- in dating. Okay. So I want them to be conscious about dating. And I say, imagine a buffet, but this is a buffet of men, not a buffet of food. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what do you like about him? What don't you like? What do you want? Do I want wheat bread, white bread, rye bread? And tasting all the different ones that you have to date a little bit to figure out what is it that is a match for me. Yeah. And so that's sort of what I'm going into. Okay. I have, I've had a um, a practice, uh, a private practice. I've had a coaching practice for five or six years now. Do I want to continue that or Mm -hmm. is there something new? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. Okay. Do you have like little sparks of things you're like, that might be new. I'm, I'm looking forward to exploring it while I'm in that period of the unknown. But like, not that you're attaching anything to it quite yet, but you got like some little glimmers of interest. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. I think um, I was on a bike ride the other day. And um, so I'm really into uh, meditation. Mm. I do alternate. I see a, a homeopath. He's a chiropractor, acupuncturist. Um, it's called a kinesiologist. So mm-hmm. he's a, um, and I'm very, I see the, um, the connection that we need as people. Mm-hmm. We need meditation in our life. We need coaches and therapists. Mm-hmm. I think we need um, alternative practitioners along with traditional medicine. Yeah. To to help us bridge the gap between um, 
so I'm the emotional component. Yeah. But our emotions manifest physically, and I cannot take care of that myself. Yeah. So I need someone else that knows the dynamics, and so I have a person for that. Mm-hmm. And so I would love to work in a um, possible practice that has all those components to it. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, when I thought, gosh, boy, just to be able to collaborate, oh my gosh. Yeah. A, a massage, you know, massage therapist, uh, chiropractor, acupuncturist, and their center is, you know, all over, but I thought, oh, mm-hmm. that would be great. You're the second person, I have a friend who's a therapist who, this is her dream as well, creating... Uh, a space just just as you were describing, um, combining all these different aspects, and uh, she hasn't she hasn't oh. created it yet. I'll I'll just share her information with you at some point because yeah. she's she's been thinking about this for years as well, just um, trying to bridge all of these areas. So I think it's I think it's it's fascinating, and I know for myself working in more the physical aspect with people that I definitely see and I you know I have you know the background in counseling as well but I see the emotional piece and how it manifests in in our in where we feel our our pain and things like that you know you just you can only imagine that there's a connection there and it just seems to seems to be true from what mm-hmm. I can see um and so yeah that's wonderful that that you're exploring that oh exciting um, oh yeah it's it is because it's I don't know I'm so shocked all the time. Even when I go to him, I know this information. Yeah. But when he, when he says to me, um, oh, what's happening at work? You know, testing my body. What's happening at work? Mm-hmm. You, oh, you're angry at, mm-hmm. or what are you sad about? Or, oh, you're having mixed emotions about, um, what do you say, this um Frightfully joyful about moving. I'm like, oh. right on. <laughs> Frightfully joyful. <laughs> right? You got it. I like you got that. it. Yeah, right? frightfully joyfully. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, okay, could you clear that for me so it can be a little easier? So it's in my body, you know? Yeah. It's like, so it, it's amazing. Mm. Yeah, amazing. Very cool. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. that's one of the questions I was going to ask because a lot, we know the people I'm drawn to in terms of inviting on the podcast are people who I think are just really growth oriented. And you can absolutely see mm-hmm. that through your journey and how you've kind of been weaving through through your own journey and growing as a person throughout the whole thing. Um yeah. What are you yeah. What are you looking to continue to learn and discover for yourself? Um, how to embrace, I think, both um, painful emotion mm. more and how to open to receive things that we never thought we could have. Ooh. And moving to San Diego yeah. is one of those things. <sighs> like, yes hiking and being near water and being near um, mountains and having nice weather yeah. and and you know what I said I could love it and I could hate it but yeah. taking the risk 
of going there and, and checking it out. Like, just thinking, oh, my God, this is a fantasy. And, like, it's going to have pros and cons. But, mm-hmm. like, what is it? What what will it be? Mm. And what will it be? Um, and so I'm really excited to, like, just risk checking it out. What's oh. it going to be like? Right? Yes. Somewhere I've never never lived. Um and so I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I think it's such a good example too because like as we get older, it's scarier to put ourselves out there in so many ways or to create different changes. And so this is like a beautiful example of being willing to to take a risk and to try something new. Um Right. Like what's giving you like What's giving you the courage? And I'm not sure if that's the right word. Or is it what are you doing to take care of yourself to know that you – maybe that's the other way of saying it. What are you doing to take care of yourself mm-hmm. to know that you – that this is this is the right move for you um, and that, you know, this is something worth trying for yourself? Um, well, it's always had a special place in my heart. So that was – because I would – during these couple of years, it was like, okay, is this really the place or is there another place? Yeah. Or, you know, um, what is this, what is this really about? Is this about really moving? Right. Because uh. is it, and what I noticed is that I'm not running from anything. When we're running from something, we got to maybe check in, but mm-hmm. I, I love Chicago. We have, like people think we're crazy. Yeah. I have a solid, a solid practice that is solid. Yeah. And a solid group of friends. We have a nice home. Um, we have a foundation here. Yeah. And there's, and I think that's why we feel like we can move because ah. we're not running from anything. We're running, we're moving towards something mm-hmm. maybe richer, deeper for us, a learning, more learning that we need Mm. to do. And we don't know exactly. And it's actually my husband, um, he has his own company too. Mm -hmm. And it's already starting to unfold for him why he needs to move is Mm. because it helps him sort of shape his company more. Oh. So it's, it's making him do things that he never would have done before. And so it's, and that's it. Yeah. That we would have, we won't, I don't know if I would ever close my practice unless yeah, I was moving. Yeah, right. So it's making us do things we probably never would have done if we stayed here. Yeah. That's it. And just, and stepping out of that comfort right? zone and knowing you have a solid foundation already. So. Yeah. Yep. You, you could, I mean, you could always come back if it didn't work out. Not that there's, that's going to happen, right? But, exactly. You could come back. Right. right. So, oh, I love it. It's just, it's, it's a really beautiful example of just putting yourself out there and being open to new experiences and trying new things. And I think yeah. that's great. I it just, I think um, we can get into our routines and we can, almost unintentionally close ourselves off, you know, and, and not that we even need to move someplace, you know, totally different, but just being open to something new in small ways. Um, and I just, I I always value hearing those, those examples of people doing it because it just reminds me to, you know, to try to do that in my own life. So 
Yeah. So yeah. thank you for sharing yeah. that, Sue. I really, I really appreciate hearing about your your journey, and I'm excited to to find out what you discover in that like period of the unknown. Like, I should have a, <laughs> a follow up episode <laughs> with you. <laughs> thank you. I know. I, wow, it's a mix of emotions, <laughs> it is. and and we say it's so funny. People who say, "Oh, you're really doing it," mm-hmm. and we're like, "Yeah," they said because everyone talks about it, but yeah. not a lot of people do it. Because yes. Ooh, it it stirs everything up. Yeah. <laughs> so it is uh yeah. It is really exciting and really scary. And uh but we're sort of I'm sort of built on that. So it's yeah. sort of like, okay. <laughs> Let's try it. Let's we're doing it, it anyway. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Aww. Well, thank you so yeah. much, Sue. This was really fun to to get to hear more about your journey and um, yeah, it's like knowing, knowing you and knowing just how grounded and connected you come across is, it's interesting to see like how you've been learning about yourself throughout the years and applying all that you've learned, um, into your life. And it gives me a better sense of just where that groundedness and that sense of connectedness comes from. And the fact that you're able to know what works best for you and, or something that sounds interesting mm-hmm. and exciting to you and make a move towards it um, is yeah. really inspiring. So thank you so much for being uh, on the podcast and sharing your experience today. Oh, you know, it's thank you so much for asking. You know, we, as a therapist and coach, um, we don't get, I don't get to do this very often. Yeah. So it's, it's really fun to share my journey and um, be the talker yeah. and to have someone listen. And, and so I really appreciate it. And what great questions you ask. Oh, so thank you. It's really great. It's really great. I really, I really appreciate it. It was so fun to talk to Sue and learn more about her journey. I am always inspired by people who are learning and growing, and she absolutely falls in that category. What really struck me was this awareness and discovery about the effect of the unconscious thoughts that were pulling her in certain directions, and that we all experience this in some ways. And these unconscious thought patterns can shape our choices in our lives in so many different aspects. And therapy is such a useful tool that can help us become aware of these thought patterns so that we can kindly invite them to move out of the driver's seats of our lives, and we can then become more intentional in our choices. Her upcoming move is a beautiful example of this. I really appreciate how intentional she is with this decision. I love that she's making this move not as a way of running away from things, but as an opportunity to run towards even more growth and more deep experiences in her life, even when it might not make sense to a lot of other people. What about you? What did you find yourself thinking about and reflecting on after listening to this episode? Please share on my website, MaureenRyan.co, on my Instagram page, Maureen underscore Ryan underscore. And just a reminder, I will be taking the month of July off, but I am so looking forward to coming back in August with some really wonderful conversations. And just thank you so much for listening. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to listen to this show. Um, Yeah, so thank you. Enjoy the month of July, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Becoming Aligned. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Becoming Aligned and rate and review this podcast. I'm Maureen Ryan, and I hope you'll join us next time. 
take care.